Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Yes, I know it's 10 below, but we're still going to talk about lawns Ball and gardens. Balmy out there. It's balmy. 52 weeks a year we <laughs> yeah. do this. Thanks to the help of folks like Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M Extension. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to see you. And I know Thank you brought you a friend much. with I that did. we'll we'll introduce in a moment. But we want to uh, allow our listeners to ask uh, you the questions of Julie either by phone or by text as usual. So let me give the numbers first. Should yeah, we do that? go for it. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. If you want to call in your garden question, lawn or garden question, say lawn. We'll talk lawns. We will. Yeah, and we're going to talk more in the spring when Sam is here. Yeah, right? yeah. Or thereabouts. Sam's been a busy guy. But uh, the text number, I should mention that too, is 81807, 81807. Now, who's the weather person you were telling us about with that spread oh, yeah. of temperature? So Mark Seeley is, uh, I think he actually technically retired, but he still writes his Weather Talk blog. And uh, it... <laughs> He reported on the month of December in Minnesota, and he tells you all sorts of fascinating, amazing things about weather and climate and all of the changes. He's a he's a climatologist, <laughs> and he noted that in December in Minnesota, we have had a difference of 109 degrees in temperature. For we've the month gone of from December. the month of December, so we've gone from a high, the high in I think it was Albert Lee. I think he said it was 64 degrees in the early month. Down to a, like forty minus forty five in Embarrass. I mean, there's that degrees. much of a spread. Wow. Yeah, just for the month of December, just from just Minnesota. Minnesota, just month of December. You can read it on his blog, Weather Talk. Ooh. Well, I have good news. We've uh, gained two degrees. It's now eight below. <laughs> Woo-hoo, we're in the I'm looking digits. for that silver lining. <laughs> <laughs> below zero single digits. All right. But if you do have a lawn and garden question, please, uh, uh, and you know, don't wait because we always tend to get busy. And I want to mention, too, that our friends at By the Yard down near uh, Jordan, Minnesota, they're the ones that sponsor this show. We really appreciate that. And we appreciate them and their furniture. By the Yard patio furniture, the best. Uh, now, you brought someone with you. I brought a colleague of mine. I brought Diane DeWitt. She is from the Mankato area, and she's an extension educator in swine, actually, livestock. Right. And she was the former local uh, educator who oversaw the Master Gardener program in Blue Earth and Lucerne oh, Counties. Yeah. And she actually has a special message today. So I wanted to – she was in town, and I said, come on the radio and, and give us that message. So go ahead, Diane. Well – my special message. First of all, thanks for having me here. And um, Julie and I are part of uh, the professional association, the Minnesota Association of Extension Ag Professionals. And that is uh, extension folks 
who work in horticulture and agriculture, Mm -hmm. and I'm here representing them today because every year they uh, honor someone who has distinguished themselves in support and collaboration and cooperation with the University of Minnesota Extension. And uh, today I'm here to thank you, Denny, for all that you've done here with the Smart Garden Program and uh, all that you do to support Extension, the University of Minnesota Extension, and our resources, and to honor you as our MAEAP 2018 Friend of Agriculture. What? Surprise! This was a shot. He's blushing, folks. It's hard to fool Denny. I I thought you were going to say Julie. (laughs) Are you kidding? Julie does a great job, too. But we appreciate your leadership uh, for more than five years of Smart Garden. And, uh, you know, we know that this program has connected thousands of radio listening folks. Maybe millions. Maybe millions. And I'm not just saying in Minnesota, too. Uh, with the University of Minnesota Extension resources, both in ag and horticulture, but also beyond that, because we all know that when you go to University of Minnesota Extension website, a lot of times you delve into further things beyond Absolutely. the subject matter. But I also want to thank your WCCO Radio 830 team uh, working with Smart Garden, and also want to thank uh, our University of Minnesota Extension horticulture specialists that come to Smart Garden with you, Sam Bauer and Mary Meyer and Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, our friend Julie here. But again, thanks so much, Denny, for all that you do in support. And I have a plaque here, too. You do? (laughs) My goodness. Too bad we don't can't show it on the air. But I hope that we can get a picture we'll take a later. Picture later yeah. As long as it's not a gold watch, I'm not ready for <laughs> no, that yet. <laughs> no, no gold watch. Yeah, but sorry about that. Let's oh. see that. Wow, look, look at, at that. that. This is what a total shock. Thank well, you very That's a much, beaut, Clark. That is gorgeous. <laughs> look at that. Yeah, so, I still have an office to hang it up in, too. <laughs> I was glad to hear that. Thank so, you. Again, thank you, Denny, for all that you've done in support of uh, University of Minnesota Extension for in both horticulture and agriculture. Well, Diane, thank you, and it, it's it's always been my pleasure, and the listeners love all the work that you guys do. Come in every week. You do all the heavy lifting. Oh, I don't know. As I, The old joke is I just read the meters. I mean, that's, all. <laughs> that's it. Thanks, Diane. Thanks to, to all of your colleagues, too. It's very nice. What a nice uh, nice surprise. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm taken aback Dennis, here. And Dennis, our engineer, who's been doing this, oh, man, I think all ah. six years except for a short stint in there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He was off yeah. doing something else. So, yeah. Wow. And Al, who's, you know, does the podcast and from the spring and boy and CCO for having us on the air. So we just really appreciate nice it. Nice team. It's a nice yeah. one. It's, it's, yep. it's, it's, uh, it's Works such out a, well. it really does. Mm-hmm. Teresa saying congratulations. Sam Bauer saying congratulations. Oh, good. They're awake. They're awake. That's good. <laughs> Way to go team. All right. I'll tell you what let's do. Let's take a break here. I'm buying coffee for everybody. <laughs> oh, Teresa, let's see. Oh, Is, yeah. Teresa's online one. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Denny. Do you have a gardening question? Um, no, I'm, I'm going to let you do all the gardening questions. <laughs> I can't even, my brain's too frozen to even think about a gardening question right now. But, Denny, I just wanted to congratulate you and thank Dennis and Al and everybody at WCCO. You guys do a great job. and We really appreciate your support and everything you do. And thank you and congratulations. Oh, this is, and I'm, I'm not even, I don't even have makeup on. Okay. Uh, but I'll you t- still look beautiful. You're so gorgeous. <laughs> Teresa, thanks for taking the time and I know we'll be seeing each other soon. We will.
will. Okay. Happy that, New Year, everybody. Thank you. That's Thanks, Teresa Rooney, Lisa. Master Gardener, that helps us out. From time By the way, to time. she volunteers for this. This is how this neat is that? Volunteers. So yeah. we really appreciate that. Well, it's, it's much appreciated. Now I have to gain my regain my <laughs> composure here, and are we going to put Diane to work? Maybe. No, it's up to her. Uh, we'll see. Have any, we'll see. Any no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll make it. We'll make them softball she questions. She might be right. heading out, but it's up to her. She's All welcome right. to stay. Let me give our phone numbers again and the text number, and then we'll take a break and be right back. If you have a lawn or garden question, 651-989-9226, or uh, send a text. We've got a couple of those we'll pick up on, too. 81807. It's called Smart Garden here on 830WCCO, where it's 8 below zero. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of CCO's uh, Lawn and Garden Show. It's called Smart Garden. <laughs> Julie and Diane yeah. are here. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to pressure Diane to answer any questions. <laughs> okay. She's, she was here for we another could reason. A, we could have a swine show. There you go. My All brother right. Scott would like that. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text is eight one eight zero seven. If I do not, texture says cut off, cut my flowers off my hydrangea tree. Will it still flower in the summer? Well, you should cut the dead flowers off in the spring. Um, they you don't know, you don't want those on in the spring when it's starting to bloom okay. and whatnot. So yeah, yeah, you prune it back in the spring once the buds start to swell. Uh, just cut it back to, you know, kind of trim it back to the shape you want and um, and just you can cut right above one of those buds in each of the stems. And then you can use the dried flowers in arrangements or wreaths or yeah. whatever you like. So I don't think we've ever had this question before. Will st- stump killer work <laughs> at these temperatures, meaning below I zero? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you want to read the label. Uh, anytime you use any kind of chemical, even a, like a stump killer or or, or pest, other pesticides, is you want to read the label because there are temperature requirements. The chances are it's probably either going to freeze or it's going to roll off or not. It's not going to be absorbed. Sure. By the way, there's a, a line open. We've cleared the lines. If you want to use that for your lawn or garden question, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Does the university question is text still sell the gardening calendar? Oh. No, we don't. Okay. No, we don't. Yeah, find it 2017 was the last year for the gardening calendar. Um, there's just a huge number of calendars, and we found that people, you know, the, to be honest, we they weren't selling. Get lost great. in the shuffle. Yeah, they got huh? get lost in the shuffle, and a lot of people use Google Calendar, and um, so we're hoping to come up with. Uh, we're working on some changes to our website that will kind of replace the tips that were in the calendar. And have a lot more photos too for folks. So, and that website that we we talk about all the time, yeah. that is such a great resource. I mean, you could, especially on a cold night, I know <laughs> you could read and read you could and learn read. all about the whatever you like. Yeah, so that's at extension.umn.edu, and click on the garden tab, go to yard and garden, and that will get you to uh, the yard and garden page. And we have a section on pests, and also on um, uh, lawns and landscapes, and and fruits and vegetables. I should know this, but uh, is is uh, down on the Mankato area? Is that the same zone we are at here in the Twin Cities, yes. more or less? Yes, it is, and we're in the. It, I know you're south, but evidently you're not yeah. that far south. <laughs> we're we're in the four A uh, zone, and so that was something I came from another area of the country. Where are you from? Uh, from Indiana. Okay, and so it was that south. <laughs> yes, how are you talking south? <laughs> 
<laughs> and and so when I came up here, it was uh, you know there were a lot of there are several of our common flora and fauna sure. down there that we can't grow here. Yeah. Uh, speaking of back to a temperature question. By the way, if you want to send a text eight one eight zero seven, will these extreme temperatures affect meaning kill the Japanese beetles? No. 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 Chance. They really won't. Sorry. <laughs> mm. um, if 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 anything, and we have a if we have a dry um, a dry spring, we may lose some of the grubs. But uh, remember that those adults fly quite a bit, and and you find when you talk to people, you find pockets of populations around the metro and around Minnesota. They aren't up north yet, knock on wood. But um, but you know they might be really bad on the St. Paul campus, and they might be hardly anything out at my house in Mound. So it it, it varies, and it and so uh, dry conditions can make it less favorable for the grubs to survive in the turf, and uh, and therefore. We have fewer adults, but, you know, we've had some pretty rainy seasons, and we don't anticipate a lower population this year. We've just had really prolific Japanese beetles, so unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. We'd have to have really cold, really long, cold weather way into spring, and we don't want to see any of that because there's there's a lot more benefits to a nice spring than there is uh, the worry about the Japanese beetles. Here's our phone number, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. We always seem to get a lot of good text messages. Should, texter says, tree branches be pruned vertically or at an angle? And is now a good time to prune birch trees? Um, Not at an angle. I think I understand what they mean by that, like a 45-degree angle. Um, You could take a look at our extension pruning guide. And also at some of our uh, certified arborists' websites, they may have photos of that. But you really want to make a nice, nice cut, nice clean cut. And an angle that sticks out where you have like a 45-degree angle can really give you a strange-looking branch. It won't heal right. Um, uh, uh, trees have uh, the ability to create like a callus around an opening. So the 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 Tissue that's really growing a lot is is around the outside of the branch and uh, just underneath the bark. And that's the part that will callus over when a cut is made. So if you have a weird angle, you're not going to get that nice callus. So you don't want to cut at a 45-degree angle on a, on a large branch. This is a large branch. Now, smaller branches like where you're taking a hand pruner and you're snipping off some of the small branches, those you could cut at a 45-degree angle if you want to, say, hide the – you don't want a stumpy look. But if you're cutting major branches, and yes, you can prune your birch tree now, um, you might get a little bit of sap uh, bleeding this when we get to this 50-degree or 40-degree weather mm-hmm. that we're coming up to. Um, but you can prune it now. But you want to make a nice, nice flat cut so that you get that donut or that callus growing around the outside of that cut. And that will help the tree to heal much faster. Very good. 651-989-9226. Line is open. Send a text if that's what you like, 81807. And a texter wants to know, when's your next gig, Julie? All right. Biters, riders. Uh, actually, we have a gig booked on January 27th uh, out at Billy's in Rockford on Highway 55, west of the metro. For those that don't, are wondering, yeah, what are you talking about? O'clock. Are you going to be doing gardening? Yeah. No, Julie's a musician. I do have some songs about gardening. Oh, do you? Yeah, mango tree. You work in the I have a song that uses the word photosynthesis. 
No kidding. Mm -hmm. What the heck rhymes with that? <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised. Oh, okay. <laughs> You'll have to come hear no, us. No, seriously. When is the next? Uh, January, Saturday, January 27th at Billy's in Rockford on what Highway time? 55. We start about 8 o'clock. Okay, and we very got the good. whole band there. We got Andy on lap steel and John back on drums. Gary's going to be sporting a, a bass and his banjo. Not at the same time. <laughs> Carlos will be... Uh, Blowing his harmonica, and Doug and I will be strumming our guitars. But you, you, I think you must have the best life in the world because you've got— I, I'm a not, lucky person. You, not only with your gardening background— And I get to be on your show. I didn't mean that, but that's, <laughs> But then as, as a musician, you, you guys have a lot of fun, I know. Yeah, gardening and music. Excellent combination. They go well together. All right, you guys, hang on. We'll take our usual bottom-of-the-hour break. We do have another half hour of the show to go. So if you do want to join in with your lawn or garden question, yeah, I know it's eight below, but we'll still feel, feel those lawn or garden questions. It is going to be warming up this week, at least for a few days. So stay, uh, stay with us. 651-989-9226. That's the phone number. Or uh, send a text, 81807. We'll pick up text messages after the break. Here on 830 WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show, brought to us every week by our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture. Good folks, great product. Right down on 169 in Jordan, Minnesota, By the Yard. Denny Long here. Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M is here. And uh, Diane, too. And uh, what's Diane? What is your, your, your big title? I'm, a, <laughs> I'm an extension educator in swine. And so my specialty now is pigs and swine all the time. Oh, right. that's on your card. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> I bet it is. Livestock uh, people are clever. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today, and thanks for the award, too. I'm, I'm humbled by it. And she's also a gardener. Right. And helps yeah. us out here. Yeah. 651-989-9226. There's a line open. A lot of folks are texting, however. They find that, I think, easier or maybe with the Thumbs mitten. aren't frozen. The, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that uh, number is 81807 for your text messages. Long yeah, garden. We haven't had any calls. Yeah, it's quiet. Huh. How do you care for Cymbidium orchids? Ooh, good one. Oh, boy. Um, now, that I've talked a lot about orchids, but that is an orchid that I am not well-versed in. Um, they, uh, like any orchid, they do uh, want to be dried out. They don't want to be overwatered. Um, and, uh, boy, that's, you know, bright light is great, not hot. Um, it depends, I think, also on the Cymbidium orchid. But, again, it's not, that's not one that I'm super familiar with or very good at. I've had a Cymbidium orchid, and, sorry, it died. But uh, so a good good uh, reference would be to uh, visit our Orchids Limited, uh, which is um, uh, one of the premier orchid growers here in Plymouth, Minnesota. They have great information on their website. That that's a go to for me um, when I'm looking up information. They have great help sheets and fact sheets, and uh, also you can uh, look on other extension sites as well. And also the American Orchid Society. They have excellent FAQs and uh, good fact sheets, too. So I'm sorry, I, I'm not, I know that they do, like any orchid, they do need to be well-drained and don't like to sit in water. And, um, uh, but, boy, that's about all I know. But there are some They're resources, gorgeous, though, gorgeous they... plants, yeah. And, and there's going to be, um, uh, out at the Arboretum in February, they're going to be having some really interesting displays. Orchids will be part of it, but there'll be also other... 
uh, other displays about food and uh, other types of house plants. They're going to be forcing bulbs. They're going to have a ton of great uh, exhibits. I was talking with Ricky Garza, who's uh, one of the gardeners out there. He, he oversees the conservatory, and it's going to be really exciting. So uh, put that on your calendar to be sure to get out there. And the orchid show is at the Como Conservatory the end of this month on the oh, 26th right. and 27th, so, or 27th to 28th. So go there if you want to see a cymbidium and other types of orchids. That's a fabulous show. Excellent. Good info. All right, let's see. 81807, that's the text number. Folks seem to be uh, using that a lot this morning. Here's one. Uh, my backyard butts up to a swamp, and the flower garden I have back there is getting taken over by thistles. What can I do, one, to get them out of the garden, and two, keep them from moving oh, in from boy. the swamp? Yeah, thistles. We've had a thistles with thistle question tough. before. Thistles I guess they tough. are. Huh? Yeah, they have a long taproot, and, uh, and if you don't get all of that taproot out, New plants will shoot up from that little piece of plant material that's left in the soil. And, and in fact, they seem to come back stronger. <laughs> um, so with thistle, um, probably the best thing to do is to uh, kind of depends on how many there are. Certainly, if you can dig them out, that's great. Um, depends, again, if you can get down there and get that root out. You have to be pretty diligent about it. You can also apply a broad, uh, broadleaf herbicide. And um, there's a new type, and I'm sorry, a new type of glyphosate, which is an active ingredient in <clears throat> Roundup. And uh, that uh, glyphosate is uh, in a kind of a gel formulation that you can specifically target the plant. You, it, it, I think, if I understand correctly, it's almost like a roll-on, like a deodorant. That kind specific. of specific. Yeah, so you're that. not spraying. Right. And you're not going to get drift, and you're not going to uh, affect other plants nearby, but you can really target that particular plant. And one thing about that herbicide is that you need to leave plant tissue in place. So you don't want to, you don't want to completely cut the thistle down, um, but to treat a whole bunch of the leaves at the base, and then more of that uh, herbicide will translocate into the root and the rest of the plant and kill it. So that's one. I think that's a pretty conservative way to use herbicide. And um, and to also attack the thistles. Triclopyr is another type, but that you'll have to either paint on with a paintbrush and whatnot uh, to really target those plants, or you'll have to spray it. So All right. spraying is tricky, particularly if you're not a licensed pesticide applicator who's gone through the training for that. So if you can do anything to really just target those weeds like that, that's the way to go. So. Texter couldn't resist, and I can't resist reading it. With 45 below, did the people in Embarrass, Minnesota, get rid of their creeping Charlie? <laughs> we'll have to. Somebody from Embarrass, please call in or text. <laughs> yes. That was our creeping Charlie yeah, question creeping of the show. Uh, I had a creeping show. Charlie question this, uh, this, week? this week, too. It did. From one of our avid listeners, yeah, Greg. 81807, 81807. If you were, like a lot of folks, they love to send the text, uh, gardening questions via text, so do that. Uh, Texter says this, a five-year-old gooseberry bush, how do I trim that back compared to the first year? So so gooseberry, of course, are grown for their fruit, which is delicious and uh, makes great jelly and jam and gooseberry pies and all sorts of things. Um, you would want to take that plant down. That needs to be rejuvenated periodically, uh, meaning that it's taken down to about Oh, 12 inches high or so. 
Um, and then also to trim out the old branches. So some of those, it's a bramble. Uh, it gets really big. It's super prickly. Um, so be sure to wear long leather gloves and long pants and boots and all that stuff so that you don't get stuck with the prickles. But you want to get in there and you want to trim out. You want to get light to the to the other parts of the plant and you want to trim out the old dead canes. That's one of the that aren't productive anymore. So you'll need to do that in the spring before uh, the leaves all fill in. It's really hard to see if it's leafy. So don't wait till it, it leaves out. And then get in and take out those old canes, open up the plant a little bit, take, you know, cut it down, cut it back, and, um, and uh, you know, that should help with the rejuvenation. 81807 is the text number, and here's one. It says, is it too early to prune our apple tree next week? Yeah, I'd wait on that still. You could probably do it. it, it, it you really want to be uh, doing that just before it breaks dormancy. So uh, we, we recommend end of, you know, late, about late winter, end of March or so. And, and by the way, on the extension site is an awesome array of publications about fruit trees, berries, mm. Uh, all sorts of things um, edible, and that's under our fruit sections at extension.umn.edu. Click on the garden tab, go to yard and garden, and go to fruits. And we have some excellent publications about pruning and pest management and apple varieties, all sorts of stuff, particularly about apples, but also about berries, different kinds of berries and stone fruits and you name it. I know, and you guys have told me before, too, that uh, that uh, website gets a lot of hits, a lot of views. Yeah, I think it was 8.6 million visits in 2016, 2017. Yeah. Right there? Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, highest trafficked extension page. In the country. No, Minnesota. I don't know about the country. Ah, let's let's. Who, who's going <laughs> to <Yeah>. argue? Who's <laughs> counting? <laughs> oh, you never know who's listening. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But it is uh, the highest uh, <laughs> highest visited in in the Minnesota extension. Nice congratulatory comment from somebody who also yeah. wants to know: Is it too late to put mulch on my garden? I wouldn't mulch right now. I'm looking at the it's temperature, and I thought, hey, yeah, well, it's not going to. First of all, you'll have snow under it or ice and. I would just wait and mulch when the soil warms up and you get your weeds out and, and uh, you know, kind of tidy up your garden. That's a good time to mulch. And, yeah, because they said they had bagged. I didn't see this. They had bagged leaves, oh. uh, but they did not get to it, oh, get around oh, to oh, it. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. I would just wait. Okay. Very good. 651, if you want to call in, folks are doing that, 651-989-9226 or send a text 81807. And I'll tell you what, it's, uh, we're about due for a quick break. So let's do that, Julie. We come back, we'll uh, have more Smart Garden Show. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show here at 830 WCCO. We are around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your phone calls and your text messages. So many text yeah, messages. Yeah, we've got a bunch. We have a, so a bunch of callers as well. Should we do the, the phones for a change? Yeah. Let's do yeah, that. Let's, yeah, do, folks it. let's do that first one up there. All right, room. Kim. Kim's calling from uh, Wasika with a question. Uh, Kim, good morning. Good morning. I have a 20 by 20 garden that is tested high on phosphorus and potash. And I have access to liquid hard manure, and I am wondering how much... I should put on and when. Well, mm. wow! Th- thanks, Kim. That's that's a good question. Uh, for generally, when we're 
uh, when we're talking about liquid hog manure, we're applying it on in ag land, crop land, and we put on about 4,000 gallons per acre. Sort of, that's sort of an average. And so it wouldn't take very much. But the thing is, if you're testing high in phosphorus, uh, the your the liquid hog manure is going to be high in phosphorus as well. It's not going to, that probably isn't the thing to do. There would be other uh, manures that would be a better a better choice for the garden. Um, generally, a good composted um, poultry or or uh, bovine manure might work better. Okay. Because they're eating a lot of grass and right. higher nitrogen. Right. Okay. Thanks. I don't think we've ever had a question like that before. That's a good one. All right. Thanks, wow. Kim. Kim grabbed an opportunity there to talk to a pro. Absolutely. I wouldn't have known what to answer. <laughs> Judy. <laughs> here. <laughs> Judy's calling from Clear Lake with a question. Judy, what is your question, please? Uh, my question is, uh, I have a young apple tree where last year... I had uh, the first set of apples hanging from them, about a bushel basket's worth. And about September, the whole tree tilted at a 45-degree angle in one day from gophers chewing the roots. Oh, no. Yeah, that was exciting. So um, my question is, um, I staked it upright, and this year I would like to sprinkle that castor oil granular around the root base, hoping to keep the gophers away. But will that affect... Um, will it make my a- apples unedible? Hmm. Oh boy, that's a that's a great question. Um, so this is a granular. So is it a systemic? Meaning that is it something that's taken up, or is it a repellent in the soil to just keep the gophers away? It's a repellent. Okay, so it's it's not something. It's not going to change the taste of the apples. I doubt. I very much doubt that because that, you you'd be looking at a systemic in that case. A systemic is a some kind of pesticide that or repellent that's taken up by the roots. It's dissolved in the in the soil through watering, taken up through the roots of the tree or the plant, and then the plant has some kind of uh, flavor or smell or emits that that will deter animals. Repellex is an example of something that's designed to repel deer through the use of hot pepper, the compound uh, capsaicin. So I don't think it's going to affect the apples. Um, my bigger concern is the roots being gone to the point where the tree tipped over. That's uh, that's pretty serious. So what I would say is, is and you probably have already staked up the tree, is to uh, take a look at our publication on, on staking trees and pruning and, and uh, look at that for a good uh, example of how to do it properly. And, and then be sure that the tree is mulched and that it's cared for. Be sure you water it if we're not getting rain. Uh, mulch the roots to protect them from uh, mechanical damage. Keep the soil moisture in, etc. Um, as far as repelling the gophers, I think you could probably put down a repellent like that. Now, uh, I'm not familiar with that kind, but you may want to change it up too. You might want to have a couple of different repellents. You might want to do some fencing to make sure other animals don't get near that young tree. And, uh, you know, start chewing on the bark above the soil. And that's probably uh, going to do the best to keep the gophers out of there. They're, they're hard to get rid of because they're tunneling underground. So uh, w- keep an eye out for their tunnels. Um, and then take a look at our uh, wildlife section on gophers. John Logarine up in Crookston, he was on the show a long time ago. 
he has some good information too, so you could look at his website. Uh, it's uh, John Logering, L-O-E-G-E-R-I-N-G. Okay. That's his last name. Very good. Take a look at that. But, yeah, that's that's tough when they're underground. Well, I guess. Yeah. All right, thanks, Judy. Well, let's go to Rachel, who's calling from uh, Cold Spring, Minnesota. Go ahead, Rachel. Oh, I think oh. Rachel's taken her leave. Uh, how about Melanie, who's calling from St. Cloud? Melanie, you're on CCO. Uh, yes, um, living northwest of the cities, I we're on what we call the Noka sand plains, sure. really uh, well-drained soils. And I have a problem with um, evergreen shrubs uh, around my house. They never thrive. They, I, some of mine are like ten years old. They never grow. They never thrive. Some of my, like my, um, uh, my, my, my cypress ones, you know, they start to brown in the center and things like that. Is there something, some fertilizer or something that they're missing that I need to uh, work with them better? You know, I try to keep them watered, you know, just basic, you know, miracle Grow type uh, of, of fertilizer, sure. but it just, they never thrive. They never really grow. They're just the same as I, when I bought them from the store. Okay. So evergreens require full sun, with the exception of ewes. And um, and so that might be part of it. So I think it's a combination of things. One is the soil around foundations of houses is usually pretty poor. It's it's usually a lot of construction stuff down below, and it's very dry. It's very shady. Hardest conditions to grow in, and evergreens in particular need moist soil and soil that's rich in uh, organic matter. So I uh, and then also they need full sun. So if they're not in full mm-hmm. sun they're probably not getting enough sunlight, and so they're kind of peaked. They're just not doing very well. And the, and they do require more acidic soil in a lot of cases, so you would want to buy an evergreen shrub or evergreen tree-type fertilizer. So you want to go and find a particular fertilizer for evergreens. And, uh, and so uh, what I would do with the soil is I would mix in this spring – uh, as soon as you can, as soon as you can work the soil, mix in some good quality compost. And then I would make a point of watering those plants. I'd, I'd set up a drip hose maybe so that they're getting enough moisture on a regular basis. You can put that drip hose right at the base of the plants so it reaches the root system. And then feed those plants. Read the package and feed the plants. I think it's once a month or once every three weeks or something. I'm not sure. It depends on what it is. Feed them with that. I would use a liquid, actually. You could use a granule or two. You could put in, uh, you know, mix that in the soil if you want to, if you're not going to be able to keep up on that if you're leaving town or something. But um, but that's what I would do is try, you've got to make that environment um, as as beneficial as possible. Now that you can't do anything about the sun, uh, and you're just going to have to see if, if these other two, you know, mixing in that soil and enriching it, and then also feeding them with a fertilizer for evergreens, is that going to, you know, help regardless of the amount of sun. You may end up losing the plants, and then you'd want to choose a plant that will grow better in that condition. All right. We have a little less than two minutes to go, and I want to grab and Maybe, Diane, if you have any ideas here. Uh, Texture says, we want to create a small flower garden in an area that gets full sun. The bed backs up to a chain-link fence with a wild shore of a pond behind it. We are, quote, lazy gardeners, getting old, busy with work, too. <laughs> so could you recommend some easy-to-care-for perennials that would be colorful? Also, how about the, how and what fertilizer for that bed? Wow. Any ideas on perennials for a, a lazy gardener? What's your favorite perennials? 
Like, well, I are, like. Are you a lazy gardener? I, I, I think I am. I like Menarda because you can get that's that excellent. in a lot of different colors, and and that's one that can be a red flower, mm-hmm. and that, that really pops in a in a grouping. And it's and, pretty. It's really resilient too. Correct. Yeah, and um, it seems like it probably attracts some. I, I oh, planted yeah, butterflies, it for butterflies, bees, for butterflies. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of my favorites, and. Uh, Another one that has kind of taken over our garden is the is the phlox that reseeds itself. Oh, sure. But really, it's beautiful when it's, you know, you kind of, you kind of want to try to keep it under control though because <laughs> it can it can take over too. Well, and yeah, Julie, as we choices. head out here, and thank you, Diane, for thank that you. great yeah. award. I'm I'm very humbled <laughs> by it. And thanks, Julie. Uh, website extension.umn.edu. Click on the garden tab, go to Yard and Garden. Somebody wants to know the name of your band. The Abiders. The Abiders. You'll yeah. be appearing at? At Billy's in Rockford on January 27th. Somebody sent a text. They got some pretty good chicken wings there. I guess they have great everything. <laughs> okay. They're a great place. Good deal. Thank you both. Thank, Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.